That's right, that's right. Rules, so kids, we, have, we got rules, right, for our kids? Everybody, raise your hand if you got a rule. All right, I hope you got some rules, right? God gave us some rules, right? Ten of them, a long time ago. We call them, like, the Ten Commandments, but... We don't like the word rules, right? Nobody likes the word rule. It's like a four-letter word, it actually is. But um, we don't like that word rule. Like, for some reason, we change it to, like, guidelines or, you know, suge- they're not suggestions. We will say that, okay? But the rules, right? So we have this rule for our kids. You probably have different rules for your kids. One of them is, like, no hitting, right? No hitting, right? You don't hit people, right? Is that right? Okay. No hitting. Even though... Sometimes we do it anyway. No, anybody like be kind, right? Love your sister, right? It's always love your sister. We never hear parents tell our daughters, don't hit your brother, because, you know, we don't think they'll ever do that, but they're the ones, right, agitating this whole thing. Elder, did I get an amen? Okay, amen on that. So we have this rule, no hitting, right? Then, then we'll always have the, the teenager will come up, no, dad, you know, like, dad, what happens if a kid punches me in the face, right? Right, teens? Right. Dad, what do I do? Can I beat the tar out of them then? And uh, so then I always say, refer to rule two, run, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> rule two is like, yeah, you defend yourself, right? You defend yourself, right? That's a good rule, right? Defend yourself. Don't be the aggressor. Don't, like, beat the pulp out of some kid, you know? We're, we're supposed to, like, represent Jesus, right? Defend yourself, like, like Jesus would, right? Err, we tell our kids to, or we try to teach our kids to err on the side of, like, grace, and love and kindness, right? Just like Jesus. And because Jesus taught us to turn the other cheek, right? As we taught us, turn the other cheek. Like, just like he did, like he took the blow for us, right? We just sang a song about that. He took our punishment. He jumped in front of our punishment and he took it on himself. So we teach our kids. That's what we do as Christians. That's how we live. We don't, we're not, we don't aggressively attack other people. We, we defend ourselves but we don't attack. We're, we'd never be the aggressor. We love. You know, that's the rule. We, we don't fight. We don't hit. Because we're trying to be like Jesus who, who taught us, right? It's, it's more blessed to be hit than to hit, right? That's what Jesus taught us. I know we don't say it that way, but that's true, right? If anyone's going to get hit, it'll be me. I'll take it, right? Right? That's how Jesus is. We don't, we don't attack. We, we, we take it. We take it. If somebody's going to get hurt, it's going to be me. That's what Jesus taught us. That's, that's like kingdom thinking, and it's not earthly thinking. It's not, you know, planet thinking, but that's kingdom thinking. That's like how Jesus is. And that's really important for us as we're teaching our children. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, look what the scripture says. When uh, Moses wrote, he said, when you go to war, look at this passage. When you go to war, it's there, it's coming, I feel it. When you go to, against your enemies, he says, yeah. When you go to war against your enemies and see the horses and the chariots and the army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them because, he says, the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. Notice uh, God says, when you go to war. In other words, you will go to war. Not if, not, it probably won't happen, but when you do go. And you will go to war. As believers, we will go to war, but not like the world goes to war. Kingdom thinking is different than the world thinking, right? The promise is that he will be with us, right? He will be with you when you go to war. And so today, as we're thinking about this idea of beyond these walls, 
And we're thinking about, you know, this idea of um, this means war. We talked about last week and the armor of God and all those things that, that as we go out into the world, there's a war going on out there. And here we're safe. You know, we're fairly safe here. We're inside the walls. But, but this is not where God intended us to stay. He intended us to live out there beyond the walls. And there's a battle going on for your soul and for the souls of your friends. And, and that means we engage in the war. There's a war going on. This means war. And what I want to share with you today is this, that we need to teach our kids to stand. Okay, that's what I want to talk about today. We, because our kids are here among us, and this is for adults, and this is for our kids. We need to teach our kids to stand because they are in the crossfires, right? They are the ones with the targets on their back. Our kids, the world is after, the devil is after our kids. You know, like that little baby a lamb just wandering off by himself, or that little doe being like lured away. The devil just wants to pounce on them. So I want to share with you a few ways to help your kids stand. Number one is this. Teach them to know the Word of God. The best thing we can do for our kids is teach them to know the Word of God. I know that sounds really simple, but I want to tell you this morning, it doesn't happen by accident. The Word of God doesn't just accidentally fall into their heads. It happens with intention and purpose, right? We as adults and as parents have to intentionally help our kids train up our children, teach them the word of God, right? That means we put them and we get them in places where that's going to happen along with us doing that ourselves as parents, right? We bring them to Bible study. We bring them to youth group. We bring them to Bible camp where they can spend long, long hours, you know, just around God's people, studying the word of God, worshiping the Lord, and getting the word of God in them in an intense way. We take them to conferences like CCYC and other places so that they are around other Christian people learning the word of God. It's so important that we teach them. If we want to teach them how to fight and how to stand, we've got to put them in places where they're going to learn, like putting them with Miss Trish in the pumpkins down in the other room, because you know they would have a whole lot more fun, you know, down there, right? I mean, they'd be able to really get into it. Trish does a great job hosing them off afterwards, and nobody knows what just happened. Right? It's like, we don't let cameras in that room. No, no cameras. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 22, 6 says this, Start a child off in the way that they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. You know why that, that passage is so important? It's because when our kids are little, they're, they'll learn. They're going to soak it in like a sponge. You know, and, and then later on in life, if they wander off, and sometimes they do, they have something to come back to, right? They got the foundation to come back to. But if we don't instill in, in them that, the word of God, when they're young, then they have nothing to come back to. How sad it is for an adult who wanders away from anything truth and has nothing to come back to to stand on. How, how sad it is that we, are, we have a world full of people who have no foundation because nobody built one in their life. Not so with us, right? Not so with the church. Right? Not so with God's people. We, we are intentional about teaching children and teaching young people the word of God because that is the strength and that is their power, knowing the truth. 
Remember in the Old Testament, God specifically and continually told his people to pass on the truths of God to the next generation, to the children. Constantly was telling them, parents, if you're here this morning, would you raise your hand? If you have a young child living in your home right now, raise your hand, nice and tall, real tall, be proud, be proud. Don't go like, yeah, I kind of do. Well, I have a kid, claim them, claim them right now. (laughs) If you're a grandparent, raise your hand. If you're a grandparent and you uh, you spend a lot of time with a child, throughout the week, like on a weekly basis. We have grandkids, but they live in different places. I'm talking about if you like watch them on a regular basis or they're in your home a lot, raise your hand. Okay, I'm going to call you guys all out right now. Okay, just, this is in love, totally in love, but I'm going to call you out right now. Check it out. This is your responsibility. This is your responsibility to, to instill the word of God in your kids and your grandkids. Deuteronomy chapter 11 says this, verse 19. You shall teach them to your sons, taking to them, uh, talking to them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates so that your days and the days of your sons may be multiplied on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens remain above the earth. Did you hear what God said way back in Deuteronomy through Moses. He said, we are to pass the word of God on to our kids. That's our job, parents. That's your job. Don't leave it up to other people to do that. The church is there to assist that and support that and to help that happen because we need the church to do that. But we have a personal responsibility to God to do that. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is in the wilderness. Remember, 40 days. And, and, and take a look at what Jesus does. Here's the passage in Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What did Jesus do? What did he stand on? When temptation came his way, when he was tested, he stood on the truth. He stood on the word of God, only because it was instilled in him. It was put there by his parents, by the Holy Spirit, by his heavenly Father. The word of God was there. He had a solid understanding of the truths of God. So, young people, raise your hand if you're here today. If you're little people and a little bigger people, that's the teenagers. Okay, raise your hand, come on, if you're sure. Okay, good. Bruce, good. Okay, Bruce, good. Bruce, (laughs) nice job, Bruce. Good, good. Okay, check this out, young people. Paul said this, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Okay, we all like that. Young people go, yeah, don't let anybody look down on me. I'm young, right? But then he says, but then he says, but set an example for all the believers right? In your speech, in your conduct, in your purity, in your faith, in your life. You young people, little bitty people, you are responsible to God, to represent God, to write, to to set an example for other people around you. So your parents are there to pour into you, but young people, you have a responsibility to grow up too, right? Together, we, we can change the world if we'll just follow the Lord. Number two, Teach them, on the, teach them the word of God. Number two, teach them to pray. Want to help your young people stand in a world that is, is on the attack, right? A world that is getting darker and darker by the moment. Want to teach our young people how to fight? We need to teach them how to pray. And I don't mean, now I lay me down to sleep. Or bless us, O Lord, for these I gifts which we are about to receive. 
Blue, blue bloods, right? Blue bloods. <laughs> right, those were the prayers I learned growing up. The, recited those prayers. They stuck in my mind, the memory. But see, th- those prayers and those, those kind of recited prayers are like training wheels. Those are like training wheels of prayer for the Christian walk. And if, if you think with me for a minute, the world has left our prayer efforts in the dust. I mean, the world is like out there and we're still back here when it comes to raising up our kids and teaching them how to pray. We've been left in the dust. Listen, the, the, the efforts of the world, right, have advanced our kids so far. Technology alone, right? Young people, how many of you have a young person in elementary school? In many of the elementary schools, they're learning multiple languages. We, I mean, I never saw that until I was in high school. And then it was an option. Now they're teaching little people two, more than one language. I mean, think about the advancement, computer skills. Soon every child, not just in high school, but elementary, will have their own personal tablet. Check this out. This is just bizarre. Some of the studies that are going on. <laughs> How many remember what a three-ring notebook is? Yeah, like that's almost a dinosaur anymore. Okay, they still have them out there, but kids now, they just have their own personal tablets. And just think about the advancements of the world. Science projects, remember the science project board? You bring it in and open it up. Mom and dad helped me with it. It's got all these cool features to it. Well, not only, you know, the volcano that erupts. Not anymore. Now it's like computer-generated slideshows. Kids don't pass notes like, if you like me, check yes. Now they just text each other. (laughs) I don't like you anymore. We're breaking up. They don't read books anymore. They have ebook read to them. Right? Chalkboards? <laughs> we only have chalkboards in the church. <laughs> chalkboards, right, good one. Teachers, uh, back, back when we went to school, older people, we had like one teacher, one instructor, and, and he was or she was the, the audience, really. We watched one teacher do the teaching. Now, now the entire world interacts in a classroom through internet, right? Not just one instructor, but now it's the whole world. Kids are watching the whole, they're tapping into live. The whole world is teaching in our classrooms, our kids. Libraries, we don't need libraries anymore. It's at your fingertips, it's on your phone. You can Google anything you want. It's right there at your fingertips. The advancements that are going into our kids' heads and into our kids' lives and that are pulling our kids in another direction are so far in front of us as believers and Christians. There's a lot of negative effects to all that as well. I mean, there's so many things that are a hazard to all this, you know, this technology. I won't bore you with all that. But so many things as a result of this technology that kids are suffering through because of it. You know, we, we, are, we are called by God to teach our kids how to pray. You know, the world is so far there, and we're still saying, now I lay me down to sleep. We've got we to gotta move a little faster than this. Right? We've got to teach our kids to stand. We've got to teach our kids the word of God. We've got to teach them to pray like real prayers, like real with real emotion, with real words, with how we feel, how we are with God, right? Developing their own little personal relationship with the Lord, even as they're young, Helping them grow. Remember we talked about the armor, the armor of God last week, right? There's the armor, right? Remember the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, 
right? Your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, right? With the shield of faith to extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one, with the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, right? All that armor, well, all that armor comes in little people's sizes too. And they need it. Our kids need to defend themselves in a world that's attacking them. But we need to teach them that. Remember when David and Saul, David was, go, was going to come in and talk to Saul about going up against Goliath. And, and Saul said, here, wear my armor. And he's like, I can't wear this stuff. I can't even move in this stuff. Right? The armor that our kids need needs to be like handcrafted for them. It needs to be little people's size armor that they can wear, that they can defend themselves, that they can know the truth of God and be able to stand in a world that doesn't care about the truth of God. All of that armor, all of that armor for us and for them has one purpose, and that purpose to stand and to fight in the presence of God. That's what the armor is all about, is to help our kids stay in the presence of God, seeking God, worshiping God, listening to God, knowing the ways and the truth of God. So young people, and older young people, raise your hand if you're still asleep, if you're still awake. All right, good. All right, this is for you. James said this. Listen, James said this. He said this to all of us. Submit to God, right? That's what James said. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Right? Come near to God, and God will come near to you. Right? That's what James says to all of us. Older, younger, little people, we all have this responsibility to seek God right? and to pray. To know the word of God, right? to pray to God, to spend time with God. Other people can't do this all for us. Teenagers, people can't do this for you. You have to want it yourself. You have to want to step up and represent the God of all creation. We're here to help, but you have a responsibility to engage and a responsibility to want what God wants for you. We need to teach them to stand, right? Stand and fight. We do that by teaching them the word of God. We do that by teaching them how to pray. And finally, we do that by teaching them how to serve and sacrifice just like Jesus. That's how we teach our young people how to fight and how to stand, by teaching them how to serve and, and sacrifice like Jesus. See, the world is not like our God. The world is not like our God. The world is not pushing people to know the Lord. The world is not pushing people to understand the truths of God's word. Quite the contrast. The world is teaching our kids how to be selfish. The world is teaching our kids to go after money. Because, after all, in the end, that's why we get our degrees, right? To make more money. That's the ultimate God in the world. The world is teaching our, our kids, anything goes USA, right? Doesn't matter what God says, this is the way we do it here in this country. That's what the world is teaching us. All of the temptations, they're juicy, and they're pleasurable, and they're funner than ever before. And the world is going to take our kids and pull them in another direction. If we as the church don't stand. So I want to give you four quick little things that will help you teach your kids how to serve and how to sacrifice. Number one is this. Don't contribute to the mess. Okay? Don't contribute to what the world is doing. Be different. Right? Be different. Figure out a way to represent God and live for God and help your kids to live for God. Right? Teaching them to be considerate and to be kind. And not step on everyone just to get what you want. 
right? To, to listen, to be respectful, to, to be honorable, to, to be um, courageous, to, to all those things that are qualities of God that we strive to live in our life, we need to help impart in their life. So we need to stop contributing to the mess and the worldliness all around us and start helping our kids be different, right? Living inside out, like Trish said, like the pumpkin just showed us, living from the inside, let God come in and change us from the inside. We don't need to think like the world or act like the world or be like the world, and we need to help our kids see the difference. Psalm 127 says this, children are a heritage from the Lord, an offspring and a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, of children. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. See, these children that we have, that they're God's. Right? Do you realize that they are not yours? They're God's. They are his children. They belong to him. You are a steward of the children that God has allowed you the privilege and the honor to raise. That comes with a humongous responsibility to, to not let them get sucked into the world. Comes with this huge responsibility to, to teach them the word of God and teach them to pray and teach them to be godly in this world and not to contribute to what the world is trying to teach them. Number two. We need to look for ways to serve and sacrifice with our kids. Okay, we, need to, we need to get a little dirty and a little pumpkin on us, right? We need to get a little hands-on with our children, right? Do it together with them as much as possible. Create ways to give and to serve and to help them learn how to do that. You need to do that with your children. And there's lots of ways that you can do that. You can take them to a nursing home with you. Go visit some older people. Your grandparents, somebody else's grandparents, even if you don't have grandparents, just take them to a nursing home and say, hey, we just want to walk around and visit people. Teach them to think of others, right? Take them somewhere on a quiet road and pick up trash out of the ditch. You know, do it with them. Teach them to do these things with you. In doing so, you will teach them what's really important in life. That is, Jesus and giving and serving and sacrificing for the good of other people, right? Our children's ministry does this a lot. Today we just got these bags for, our, for the, the, the pastors here. And, and Trish and the kids are always giving us like bags of candy. I think, I think she works for a dentist. Do you work for a dentist? Okay. <laughs> always, they're always, every month it seems that these little people are being taught by our people. To, to do kind things, to think of other people. They write notes. They leave things around for other people. Parents, we need to do that as well. We need to instill in our kids together with them these, these habits that think of other people because the world is teaching them something quite different. And, and we have to work together. When Jesus said, come follow me, you know, when he called the disciples to come follow me, you know what he was doing? He was calling them to come Follow, watch, learn, and then do. That's what we do as parents. We're, we're there in the lives of our kids to help them come, follow, watch, learn, and go do. Say, if it doesn't get to the do, if they don't aren't doing what we are, are striving to do in our own life, then we've failed. We haven't reached the ultimate of what they need to be doing. 
And that is serving the Lord, sacrificing for God, thinking of other people. Number three. Number three, set an example yourself. Right? See, here's the truth. Your kids are watching you way more than they're listening to you. How many can agree with that one? You're you're talking to your kid, and they're looking at you like, like, when's he going to shut up? Like, when's he going to be quiet? Like, is this over yet? Can I go to my room? Right, they're looking at you, and they're listening, but they're not hearing a word you got to say. But I can guarantee you this, they are watching the way you live. They're watching what you do. They're watching you, what you're a part of and where you go. They're watching everything about you. So you and I, we need to set an example ourselves for our kids because they're watching us way more than they're listening to us. And we have to set the pace, right? We have to be the ones to go first. We go on a mission trip. We go to the inner city. We're going to go, and, we're, and they're going to know, yeah, I'm going to leave you for a little while, you'll be fine, but I'm going to go serve the Lord. And they need to know that you're willing to go. You can't ask them to go if you're not willing to go. Right? We need to set the tone and set the example by going and being sacrificial ourselves, and then when we come home, we, we can share with them what God did in our lives while we were serving the Lord. Our kids need to hear that. They need to know that you're doing that. They need to see you in action serving God in the world. And they'll catch on to that. They'll see that example, and they'll go do that themselves. 2 Timothy chapter 1 says this, I am reminded of your sincere faith, right? Paul says about Timothy, which first lived where? In your grandmother Lois, and then in your mother Eunice, and I am now persuaded lives in you also. Well, it didn't get there by accident. It got there because, because Timothy had grandparents who set the example. They went first. They did the things that they knew God called us all to do, and their children saw that, and their grandchildren saw that, and they followed their lead. See, we love. Why? Because he first loved us. See, Jesus sets the perfect example. He goes first, and he says, come follow me. And our job is to follow him and help our kids follow the way as well. Number four is this last thing. Go without stuff for a good cause. Okay, number four is this. You go without some things and do it together with your kids. Find ways to sacrifice as a family so that your kids will see that we don't need these things. We don't need all the materialism. We don't need all the worldliness in this house. We're going to give up some things for a good cause, for a purpose, for a reason. So you find a good cause in Christ. There's plenty of them out there. I'm talking about good causes in Christ, right? To build up the kingdom, to share the good news with the world. There's plenty of good ways to do that. Give up something as a family and then use that money to sponsor a child. Right? We did that as, as when we, our kids were little and now our kids are doing that themselves. Simple little way to teach your kids how to think of other people, to put other people first, that, that we're going to go without. You know, whatever it is, there's lots of things that we can say, hey, together as a family, we're not going to do this. Instead, we're going to take this and we're going to use it for this. You teach your kids about serving and sacrifice when you do those things. See, we all learn most when it hurts the most, right? That's when we learn the most, when when God has got our attention. When we're down and we're hurting, we pay attention more. And so maybe, maybe that's why we need to struggle, right? That's why God allows us to struggle, is so he can teach us 
deeper things. In John 13, remember the passage, it's the Passover meal. They're in the upper room. Jesus gets up and he's about to wash their feet. And Peter first objects and, and then he lets Jesus do it. And Judas is there and Jesus washes Judas's feet who's about to betray him. And the scripture in John 13 says that he knew that Judas was going to betray him and yet he washes Judas's feet anyway. But in verse 12, here, here's what it says. Verse 12, check it out. It says this, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place and he said this, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. And that's how Jesus taught, right? That's how he taught his disciples. That's how we're call, called to teach our children, right? We, we set the example. We go first. We live it out. We show them what it's like. We help them learn to give up some things for something better. And by doing that, we teach our kids how to fight. By doing that, we teach our kids how to stand for things that matter and not fall for everything in the world. We need to teach our kids how to fight. Young people, not only do you have this huge responsibility if you're a young person, a teenager in this room, or 20s, or whatever you are, young, Bruce, we not only have a responsibility, but God is looking to use you now. This isn't just about you learning. God wants to use you as a young person to change your generation. Uh, check out this psalm, Psalm uh, verse 8, uh, verse 2, chapter 8, verse 2. It says this, Through the praise of children, listen to these words, and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. See, God can use even our little people to change the hearts of other people around them. Their whole generation can be changed if our kids will learn how to pray, if our kids will learn how to stand on the Word of God, and their friends see this. They're going to want that. They're going to want that because it's solid, and it's good, and it's right. And it's loving, and it's all about what God has done for us. So this means war in this dark, dark world. In this dark, dark world, let's teach our kids. Let's, let's be intentional about teaching our children, whether they're at home with you now, or there's grandkids around you, or you help teach in the children's ministry or in this church. And if you don't, I hope you will get involved impacting the lives of the next generation. They need you. They need you. These kids need you. Let's teach them how to, how to, how to know the Word of God. Right, so they can not just quote Bible passages. I'm not even talking about that. I can't even do that very well. And I went to Bible college. It doesn't work that well in my head. But I can tell you this, I've internalized the Word of God. And it's changed my life. It's changed how I think. It's changed how I live. It's changed what I do. And we need to help our young people internalize the Word of God so that it changes, transforms who they are. And they can represent God even at a young age. Right? Let's teach them how to pray, not little bitty training wheel prayers. I mean pray, like God, move in my heart. I would love to hear some little kid just say, God, move in my heart. Wouldn't that be so cool? I mean, it'd be like, man, this kid gets it. This is not, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray that, don't even pray that anymore. Stop it. 
it's so, so wrong, I think. I mean, it's just so wrong. Teach them to pray to God, to talk to God, to seek God, like to cry out to God. And you know how they do that? They do that when they hear you do that. You do that. Maybe they're not because you're not. Teach them to pray, teach them to know, and teach them to serve. Find ways to serve and to sacrifice together with them that they could stand and fight.